Hallelujah. What a great song. Absolutely wonderful. And you know, sometimes you get to Sunday and you just need worship. Amen? You just need to be in God's presence and the Spirit. And that is what we're here for. This morning, while I'm talking, if you want to prepare for the Scripture, it's Joel 2. We'll be going into the Old Testament, Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32. This is one of the most impactful passages of Scripture in the Old Testament. One of the most crucial to our lives. But uh, before we begin, I just have to say, it's lovely to have a change in weather. Don't you agree? Oh, well, yeah, Amazing. I was in Los Angeles for three days, and uh, yesterday uh, it was a jewelry event that uh, I had to attend since Wednesday. And then when I was getting ready to fly back yesterday out of Burbank, the pilot warned me and everybody else sitting there, it's going to be a bumpy ride. How many of you have had a bumpy ride this year? 2022 already. And we think about bumpy rides, correct? And then sure enough, just like what the pilot uh, warned us about, boy, it was a bumpy ride. But that's life. But life in the Spirit is victorious. Hallelujah. Life in God's Spirit is power. It is healing. It is life. Just as our, just as our Scripture says. Well, the, uh, the jewelry event was pretty spectacular. It was on a lot in West Hollywood, one of those movie lots with all these warehouses that they do build-outs, and they can make and create all these things. Well, Chanel decided to create in one of these warehouses a little Paris street with all the sparkly stars above your head to make it look like you've gone back to 1932 when Coco Chanel put out her first high jewelry line, then you go into the next room and it's as though you entered into Coco's private apartment with all of her fireplace and, and the couches sitting down for the, all the guests that came. Jewelry set up in, in her apartment. And then the next room was just a gorgeous exhibition of all the 1932 creations that she made back in the day. And then the next, you entered again into a big dining room. And again, stars in the sky, and there were these billowy clouds that were made out of flowers floating over the tables. But they were flowers, but they looked like clouds. And everybody just had a blast. But then, the president of watches and jewelry said she needed a little break to go outside. Take her outside. Now there's a real star in the sky. Jupiter, brighter than you can imagine. And now I'm thinking, all that man creates, and all our little props that we set up, not even one of them was as bright as Jupiter. And I pointed it out to her. I said, look at that. Jupiter in the sky. And the president said to me, isn't that a plane? I said, no. And I thought, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for how awesome you adorn our skies. And no matter what a bumpy ride that you might have had in 2022, it still will not be as adorned with amazingness like what the Lord can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's look at Joel 2, 28-32. Joel says it this way. And it says, quote, 
And afterwards, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Do you want that? Oh, hallelujah. And afterwards, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens, that's what I got to see, wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire, billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Oh, thank you. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture in Joel. We thank you, Lord, that we can consider, absorb, let it set into our heart that truly when you pour out your Spirit on all people, it changes everything. Hallelujah. Change our lives in Jesus' name with the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. So this morning, I thought we would think about this. Who is this Holy Spirit? Have you ever tried to explain the Holy Spirit to anybody? Out of curiosity, anybody? Have you ever tried to explain the Trinity to anybody? The Father, the Son, the Spirit. Do we call them three? You can, but we also call them one. Well, one time I would have to say, I thought I would show Jana what I thought was as close to being heaven on earth. It's the Encore Spa at the hotel in Vegas. You go up one level, and I remember, do you remember, hon, when I showed you the Encore Spa? You go up one level, and when the doors open... It's the closest thing to heaven on earth. The music, the smell, the fragrance in the air, birds chirping. There are no birds. There are birds chirping, the atmosphere. I mean, everything your eyes see, uh, your ears hear, your nose takes in. It's pure luxury. I can understand why people go and spend time in that spa. But it still doesn't come close to what we have in our God. Hallelujah. The heaven that we have. And that is one of the works of the Spirit. Could you imagine having heaven here and now? Hallelujah. Would you like to have a little piece of heaven? Oh, sometimes we need it. The Holy Spirit gives us a piece of heaven. But just who is the Holy Spirit and how should we look at Him? I tried to explain it one time to my boy when he was little. And I said, right, do you know who the Holy Spirit is? And he said one word. He said, in the Bible, Dad, I think He would be love. Do you agree with that? Oh, it's so good to be loved, is it not? Do you love being loved? I do. But I thought that was a good way to explain it. But sometimes... It seems easy to understand the Father. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and He said, let there be light. And it was good. We can understand the Father. Sometimes it's easiest for us to understand the Son, and He gave the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. 
But what about the Spirit? What about the Holy Spirit? We know that God is a triune God, three in one, so who is the Holy Spirit? I brought two words for you today. One in Hebrew and one in Greek. Ruach is in Hebrew. Ruach means wind or breath. And it also signifies what happens when you breathe out. It's a force, isn't it? I felt wind yesterday in a plane unlike I've ever felt before. You cannot see it, but I tell you, my plane I almost thought was going to have a minor crash landing at the end because of the ruach, the power force of that wind. But you know what? Our pilot was like a rodeo guy. He just... He was like on a bull, and somehow at the last moment, the Lord just gave us a nice, smooth landing, and I thought, how did he do that? Praise the Lord, because the ruach, the wind, the breath, the powerful force was very strong. In Greek, pneuma. I bring this word this morning. Pneuma is also breath and life, but not only that, a vital spirit, a creative force. Aren't you glad to have the creativity of God's Spirit operating in your life? And doesn't His creativity show up in the best and most unique ways ever? You know how nice it was to point out the creation of Jupiter to the president and say, ooh, there's the real deal right there. We're in the fake sparkling room and here's the real deal. What a blessing to see what God does. A creative force. My first experience with the Holy Spirit, and you might have something similar, or you might have something not uh, very similar at all, but my brother and I went up to receive the Holy Spirit when we were young. We saw God's Spirit that could heal people. We saw people speaking in tongues. We saw people prophesying. We saw all these things that happened as young men, as young teenagers. At one uh, summer camp, we had this gentleman named Spencer, And he was praying for this young guy. And I can't remember this young guy's name. But he had a three inch difference in his legs. And he had one shoe that was like a big clog to make up the difference. And then they put him in a chair. They put his little feet like this. And they began to pray for him. And Spencer said, Spirit of the living God, heal this young man's leg. You know what happened? Have you ever seen a movie where they use special effects to make something happen? And you think in your mind as you're watching that movie, ooh, wow, they had some great special effects there. Well, let me tell you, the special effects of the Lord this day, that kid's leg went in front of all of us. What do you think the reaction of the teenagers there was? Screaming? and running for the door. You know why? It's amazing. It's powerful. And it shocks you what the Lord can do. The supernatural in the natural. Hallelujah. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That young guy was so happy. They had to go down the hill at a Big Bear area and go get this kid new shoes. Because the old way of life was over. And then he sang a special song. I'll never forget it. It was spelling out the name of Jesus and he just sang it from his heart. But truly, we saw the work of the Spirit. We, we witnessed it firsthand as young people. But we knew little about Him. 
But I still believe that the Trinity holds amazing truths and mysteries to comprehend. The Trinity is very much like a sun that has elements to it. What does the sun do? Light, heat, fire. And it's still the sun. Or I explain it to people when I uh, do uh, have these moments to explain. Water can be liquid, it can be ice, it can be mist. And it's still water. It's still one. But in this union of the Father and of the Holy Spirit and of the Son, no one is greater than the other. So I mentioned the jewelry event to you. You know how competitive it was in that room as everybody's trying to show jewelry and sell and Beverly Hills trying to outdo South Coast Plaza. South Coast Plaza's wondering how much I'm ringing up for Vegas and competitive, competitive, competitive. But think about this in the terms of the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son. They are all intertwined with one another. When we speak of the Trinity, we must affirm both the threeness and the oneness of God. And they are in perfect union. And I'm so glad to be home out of that very competitive environment. Three big shot directors all trying so hard. Thank God. But the Trinity, perfect union together. God has both one name and many names. Hallelujah. We think of the Trinity as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But in God, there is both interdependency and dependency. Son and the Spirit depend on the Father. The Father dependent on the one true Son and the Spirit for the implementation of His will. The muscles, the legs, the go-getter. The Spirit needs the Son, but the Son needs the Spirit for the perfecting of His work. Hallelujah. And the Spirit is both a person and a force. So first thing I wanted to mention today as we get to know God's Holy Spirit, I wanted to mention that there's this wonderful book that I read called The Works and Gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's by an author named Donald Blesch. And he says it this way, and I found this very fascinating. I do not see the Father as the only actor in the Trinity, nor is He the sole source of action. The Father presents a plan, and the Son carries through the plan with the aid of the Spirit. Aren't you glad to have that active in your life? That's action. But the Son and the Spirit also contribute to this plan. The Spirit not only receives from the Father, and not only receives from the Son, but also responds creatively. Anybody here creative? You're good, at, you're good at little projects. You're good at all these little like Hobby Lobby type folks who get in there and you make things. The Spirit responds creatively. The Spirit forges the bond of unity between the Father and the Son, and the Spirit also does something else special. He searches the depths of God. And he brings the intentions of God to fruition and realization. So let me tell you this. If he searches the depths of God, he is the greatest search engine you could ever imagine. You thought Google was good. You thought all these other things were good. What does the work of the Spirit do? Searches the depths of the living God. That's important for you. That's important to what you deal with on a daily basis. Because God's intention is to bless you, hallelujah. Prosper you, amen. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this, 
but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Aren't you glad to have the Spirit? Hallelujah. So first thing this morning I wanted to mention is this. The Holy Spirit, not an it. The Holy Spirit is not an it, but someone who comes to dwell in you. Hallelujah. You are not alone. I think Michael Jackson sang that. You are not alone. He knew somehow that that would come up in the sermon today. God dwells in you. Hallelujah. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is someone who comes to dwell in you. I tell you, I didn't know much about the Holy Spirit growing up when I was a kid. I saw what He did, but growing up, I could see the work that He did like I told you. And not only that, but all the great things. But I never really took the time to figure Him out and get to know Him. I read uh, a few years back, you remember when all those uh, houses were going up and into foreclosure and people were, uh, people were buying things uh, really cheap and and they would go for auctions, and they really didn't quite know what they were getting. Well, one couple in California bought a house on auction, and they truly didn't know what they were getting, because inside this dwelling was a corpse. Is that crazy? There was a corpse in what they purchased in that dwelling. So I want to ask you this. We know God is not the God of anything dead, decrepit, rancid, What kind of dwelling are we for God's Spirit? Amen? What kind of dwelling are we? If we were ransomed at a price and the Lord bought us at auction, and we are a dwelling place for God's Holy Spirit, what kind of dwelling would we be for God's Spirit? I think about that. One time, a friend of mine who is a a rep for a very big Swiss watch brand, she said to me one time, when she had some issues at work, she said, why do evil people seem to win? Have you ever had anybody say that to you? Why do evil people seem to win? But you know what? When you have the deposit of the Holy Spirit in you, you are a winner no matter what. The deposit of the Holy Spirit assures victory in your life. Who is this Holy Spirit? I'm glad we have a chance to talk about Him today, aren't you? We have the deposit of all winning combinations. Shirley Guthrie Jr. in his book, Christian Doctrine, states this, The Spirit is not some magical something that gets into us, but someone who comes to dwell in us and be among us. We can avoid all kinds of superstitious ideas about the Holy Spirit if we think of the Holy Spirit's relationship with us as a personal relationship between God and you. Who is this Holy Spirit? Point it out right there. A personal relationship between God and you. That's who the Spirit is. God desires to make a home directly in you. You know, sometimes our houses get a little messy, don't they? How's your house today? Is it a little disheveled? When you think about it, 
Sometimes when the Spirit comes to live in us, His job is to clean us. Hallelujah. Don't you love that? But God desires to make a home directly in us, to be in our life, to share in our dreams, to share in our desires. Do you have dreams and desires? Not only that, to give us strength for tomorrow. Don't you want strength? Not only that, but to point our eyes towards Jesus, the one and only Son. So that's why God sent His Spirit to dwell in us. Now the dwelling place of God is with men, it says in Revelation. The dwelling place of God is with who? Us. The Holy Spirit is a person who forges relationship with us to bring the Father, the Son, and the Spirit into our lives. So our next point is this. The Holy Spirit is the presence and the work of God here and now. Don't you love that He doesn't push things off? I'll send the Spirit in the year 2331. You know what? I have them scheduled for a few hundred years out. I have them on hold until... Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit is the presence and the work of God here and now, today? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Here and now. It's also correct to speak of the Spirit as a real presence. A presence that we should thank God for every day. And could you imagine what your lives would be like without the Holy Spirit? Could you just think about that for a moment? Life without the Spirit. No one to remind you to read your Scriptures. Am I wrong? Does the Spirit talk to you and tell you and remind you of things? Watch your mouth. Read your... It's almost like my grandma. Watch your mouth. Read your Scriptures. Are you staying close to the Lord? Are you watching your attitude? Are you forgiving people? Could you have said that a little bit different? Could you have changed your attitude to a little more loving? Can you choose to be a loving person? Can you choose to speak more words of victory rather than words of defeat? Tell me the Spirit is not the presence of God active here and now. Without Him, no one to remind us. No one to heal our sickness and our infirmities. Aren't you glad to be healed? It said His name is healing on our song. No one to help us defeat sin and the devil. Aren't you glad to have the muscles of the Lord behind you to defeat sin, temptation, anything you need to say, you will not come any farther in my life in Jesus' name. I repel you in the name of Jesus. Bad habits, whatever it might be. Help to defeat sin and the devil. We are more than conquerors. Because of who? God's Spirit. No one to give us victories over addiction. Hallelujah. God's Spirit is the force that pushes us into the victory lane. May the Lord continue to do that. No one to refresh us. No one to give us that time of rest. Aren't you so glad to have the refreshment of God's Spirit? I am. Do you need refreshment? Isn't that what happens when you're at the, uh, the restaurant? They, oh, would you like some more water? Yes, very refreshing. Thank you. Refreshment, hallelujah. We couldn't survive without God's Spirit. You see, the presence of God in the, in the Holy Spirit is the amazing work that He brings to your life. This is why we can call God the living God. Because He is alive and active 
Not only that, but active in each and every individual life that's sitting here today. It's not like he knows your neighbor better than he knows you. You know how sometimes you think, well, I kind of know that person, but I think so-and-so knows him better. Or I kind of know that person, but so-and-so knows her better. The Holy Spirit knows us each individually, intimately. Hallelujah. He's the active force in His church. He's at work in this world. Amen. No matter what's going on, internationally, no matter what's going on, He's forging us into new people. His Son's image. Don't you want to be more like Jesus? Think about that. I want to be more like Jesus. That is the work of the Spirit. Not only is the Spirit here and now an act of working daily in our lives to make us stronger people of God, but there's nowhere you can go where God's Spirit will not be. Do you ever run somewhere and think, I just need to get away? Have you done that? Sometimes I do that in Utah. Ooh, I want to go to Zion today and just disappear from humanity. Go hang with the bighorn sheep. Something nice and remote. But there's nowhere you can go where God's Spirit will not be. When I was young, I tried all these different things. I moved to Irvine. I moved to, uh, I moved to this little town called Redlands. I went here. I went there. I just couldn't find uh, you know, whatever would make me happy back in the 90s. And you know what? The lovely thing was, God's Spirit was always with me to guide me. Hallelujah. There's nowhere I could go, running from anything, running from uh, divorced parents or whatever it was, hurts or pains, there's nowhere I could go where God's Spirit would not be. The Holy Spirit chases hearts. And where your heart is, He will be there. Hallelujah. Since Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, God desires relationship with you and restoration with you. Hallelujah. Psalm 139 reads this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Praise the Lord. No matter where you go. We're getting ready to go very far on Wednesday. We have a 6 a.m. flight that leaves Las Vegas. And we arrive the next day in London, England. Hanging out in Westminster Abbey. Walking by Parliament. Maybe go hang out at the Tower Bridge pay over disgusting amount of money for some bagels and coffees at Starbucks on the River Thames, whatever we're going to do. And guess how much it cost me? $168 to fly out of JFK to go across the Atlantic to London. Ooh, that's cheaper than going to Orlando or, or maybe even Seattle right now. Praise God. And I bought some euros. Do you know what the euro is? It used to be like a, a dollar... I'd say like one euro was like a dollar forty, and then it was like a dollar twenty-five. Guess what one euro is right now? Ninety-eight cents. Woo! But think about that. We are going far, and then we're going to catch the Eurostar train 
that leaves London, goes under the ocean in the English Channel, and comes up in Paris. Ooh, so lovely. No place we go, no matter how far, where God's Spirit will not be. And you know what's amazing? You could walk into Notre Dame Cathedral on that little island in the Seine River in Paris, and you know what the priests are doing in there? You'd think it would be a museum and wouldn't be used as a church anymore, wouldn't you? You know what the priests are doing in there? They're praying with people right there. I want my kids to see that. God is still active. No matter what, His Spirit, no matter where we are, how far. But the third point is this. To know the Holy Spirit, you know who you look to? Jesus. I hope His name is behind me because I just went like this. And I was not hitchhiking. Jesus. When you want to know the Holy Spirit, you look to Jesus. Amen. Where have you been looking? Sometimes we look in all the wrong places, don't we? We look for so many things in life, but when you want to know God's Spirit, you look to Jesus. Another great way to look at the Holy Spirit is He is the Spirit who was and is present in Jesus Christ. And also the Spirit who was sent by Jesus Christ. Keep in mind you can say the same between the Father and the Son. And the New Testament is very clear. To truly know the Holy Spirit, we must first look to Jesus of Nazareth. That would be a great trip too, wouldn't it? Go hang in the area in the land of Jesus. Hallelujah. We find that the New Testament connects Christ and the Spirit in exactly those two ways. One, Jesus is the one who received the Holy Spirit and bore the Holy Spirit. And two, Christ was the one who promised and sent the Spirit to us. The prophets of old, they spoke of a Messiah. And aren't you so glad they spoke? They spoke of a Messiah who would come, be filled with the Spirit, and we know today that this prophecy has been fulfilled because the Gospels point to Jesus. Matthew tells us that not only has the Spirit filled Jesus, but He was conceived by the Spirit. Matthew continues that at the baptism of Jesus, we all remember the story, the Spirit descended upon Him like a dove. So what am I trying to say about the Spirit? He's on the move. Hallelujah. And guess what? He's on the move in your life, in your heart, in your family, in your friend circle. He's on the move, amen? The Spirit and His power not only gives freedom, but the Spirit and His power heals, casts out demons, hallelujah, brings God's kingdom here and now. And Guthrie states in his book, the Gospels teach us to think of Jesus as a human being who at every point in his life, both said and done, was filled by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, inspired by the Spirit, and empowered by God's Holy Spirit. What were those words again? Because those were pretty powerful. Filled, led, inspired, empowered. Does the Spirit become a little more clear today? Powerful. Very powerful. So when you want to know, you look to Jesus. If you want to know what it means to have the Holy Spirit dwell in you, He is the prime example of what it means to be Spirit-filled 
and Spirit-led. Do you want to be Spirit-filled and Spirit-led? You look to Jesus. Hallelujah. There's this one story I wanted to mention as we close. A pastor had a wonderful analogy about the Spirit. And one cool thing I think I'm excited for the kids to see when we make it to Paris is the creativity. The city is like a museum. Every street, every turn, every corner. The opera house. Imagine being at an opera house that housed Mozart live. The Eiffel Tower. If you've ever seen how they buried Napoleon Bonaparte in downtown Paris, it's phenomenal. This man was given the biggest, most elaborate, I don't even know if you call it casket. It's a tomb. But I mean, the carved stone that they put him in, and you know he's that little guy, right? Everybody's heard the stories. He's the little dude. And here's this little guy in this elaborate, monster carved stone. They brought the stone all the way from Finland, this red stone. And they built all these angels. They crafted these angels that all are in a circle overlooking him. And I mean, the kids are going to experience something absolutely fantastic. They're going to, I told Jana last night, let's put them next to the window. So when we fly over Ireland, they get to see the green isle. And they get to see all these things because it puts a picture, it, puts, it, weaves, uh, it weaves a memory, correct? When we do these kind of things. Weaves a memory. So this pastor says it this way, the spirit is to history what a weaver is to a tapestry. Let's think about that. I want to say it again. The spirit is to history what a weaver is to a tapestry. Do you have a pretty good memory? You remember your grandparents taking you on trips or sights that you've seen that are forever ingrained in your mind, things like that. The spirit is to history what a weaver is to a tapestry. I once watched a weaver work at a downtown San Antonio market. This weaver, she selected threads from her bag and she arranged them first on the frame. Then she put those same threads on her little shuttle that goes back and forth. She next worked the shuttle back and forth, back and forth, over all the threads that she had selected for this tapestry, intertwining the colors, overlapping the textures. And in a matter of moments, you know what began to appear? A design. A design began to appear. The Holy Spirit, in same and like manner, weaves His story. Every person, everyone sitting here is a thread. Every moment a color. Every era a pass of the shuttle. The Holy Spirit steadily interweaves the embroidery of our lives and all of humankind. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine says Isaiah 55.8. A root meaning of the word translated thoughts is artistic craftsmanship. As God says, my artistry is far beyond anything you could say. Almost as if the Lord saying that. My artistry is beyond anything that you could say. So my kids will get to see the Mona Lisa. And you think that's cool? Not half as cool as what the Lord will do with their lives. Amen?
not half as cool as what the Lord has in plan for your life. His shuttle is going across your life every day. Another thread, another color, more beauty, more artistry, no matter what we are up against because of the work of His Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's stand and pray. Lord, thank You so much for Your goodness. We thank You, Lord, for Your Holy Spirit, Father. We thank You every day that we could live life in the Spirit because of Your Son, Jesus, and the creativity of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank You so much that truly Your Spirit is someone who comes to dwell in us and may we make a habitable, comfortable, lovely home for Your Spirit, Lord God. And not only that, but thank You that His Spirit is active here and now. Strength for today. Resolve for tomorrow. Victory after victory after victory, no matter what. And Lord, when we want to be remembered about the Spirit, we remember truly that He reminds us of the deep things of God, the things that You have for us, Lord. And we will always look to Your Son, Jesus, as our example. And of course, in Jesus' name, we pray always. Amen.